The We Think Collective podcast is brought to you in part by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash inbound. We Think Collective is also supported by May May Jewelry in Atwater Village. For 15% off your order, enter promo code WTC podcast at maymayjewelry.com. That's M-A-E-M-A-E jewelry.com. Hello and welcome. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm going to say? What? Check, baby, check, baby. One, two, three, four. Check, baby, check, baby. One. Huh. Hey, hey, you all don't know how we do mic checks in this part. Microphone check. Check hey. it. One, two, three. We think collected. We might wreck it. Hey. Hey, just my record. Hey, ooh, ooh. hey, y'all ready? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? <laughs> Guys, we're not freestylers. We're not selling that. Um, I don't know. You may see my album drop next year. The because best rap album of all time. Every time. I mean, we are getting requests for Timmy T's voiceover <laughs> Timmy here. Timmy T Because of in the last house. year's opening. All I'm saying, um, I just want to say a special. Pull up your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think of our opening last year? Our opening rap. Did you know that we wrote that ourselves and that we forced Tim to rap it, even though he had never um, rapped in his entire life? That was obvious. Well, they didn't know that. You know, so for future reference, if you're ever applying to We Think Collective, we may make you rap for something one day. It's possible. It's very possible. Yeah. But shout out to Flip Flop Wines, yo. Yep. We are uh, having a birthday toast. It's October. It's Libra season. Both yes. Rena and I have birthdays this month happy birthday buddy boom happy birthday buddy mm-hmm. it's panda panda birthday panda 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 so in celebration we decided today while we record we're gonna drink some fizzy rose Dude, to be super classy from seriously in a can in aluminum can it's in a can guys with a pink flip-flop on we're it classy bitches over here literally um so let's talk about it let's talk about talking let's talk about talking so <laughs> we're jumping right in i want to talk about something that i've been obsessed with tell me what I've, have you been obsessed i've with, done Mina? been obsessed with this movie for years and years and Which years movie? it's called the invention of lying oh who's in that yes for all of y'all that have seen it or have not it's starring ricky gervais and how do you say his name? Ricky Gervais. Gervais. I don't think that's it. <laughs> but you know what? We're, I'm not his biggest fan, so say his name however you want. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's Ricky Gervais and Jeff J- Jeffner, Jennifer Gardner. Okay. Okay. Is that how you spell her last? Is that Gardner? Oh, it's Gardner. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which Jennifer you're talking about. The the the, the girl that's like in all of those ben rom-coms. Ex husband, yeah. ex wife. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yes, definitely ben, Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner. Yeah, okay, she's a badass. Okay, so she is freaking awesome. They're both super awesome in this movie. Okay. But the premise of the movie is this: nobody on earth can lie. There's no lying at all, okay. right? So Ricky Gervais is this really dorky guy that wants to date Jennifer Garner. And Jennifer Garner is kind of like the really pretty hot girl with a good job, right? So he goes and he keeps trying to date her and she's all like, you're fat, you're pudgy, and you're not in my income bracket, so I can't date you because nobody can lie. 
Okay. Right? So basically, she's like, I'm a 10 and you're a 4. So yes. This is never going to work out. So much yes. <laughs> so what happens one day is Ricky Gervais goes to the bank because he has no money. Can you money. say Ricky Gervais? It's driving me crazy. Okay. So <laughs> let's just call him Ricky. Let's call him Ricky, please. Okay. So Ricky goes into the bank and he wants to get money and he doesn't really remember how much he has. So he goes in and he goes, I'd like to withdraw $700. Mm-hmm. And the girl's like, is that all? And then he thinks about it and he goes, wait, no. I think I can withdraw 2000 And in that moment, he realized he was the first person on earth to be able to lie. Mm. So from then on out, he realizes how he can lie to other people because everybody trusts him because there's no lying that nobody exists. Lies, so they nobody just lies. believe what you say. So they literally give him as much amount of money as he wants. They give him as much free pizza as he wants. And it, the movie goes on and it's freaking epic because this is the one scene that I really, really loved. So finally, Ricky Gervais convinces Ricky, Gen- Ricky, <laughs> Ricky convinces Jennifer. This to is go- what I deal with every day. You guys. I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm <laughs> over pronunciator. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, Ricky. they go to a restaurant and <clears throat> immediately Ricky is at a restaurant and mm. he's with someone and they... What do you call the the concierge guy that leads you to your table? Whatever. Uh-huh. The maitre d'. The maitre d', mm-hmm. right? And in front of the maitre d', they're automatically like, you're too pretty for me. I know that my boyfriend's going to be staring at you, and I feel really insecure, but seat oh, me hostess. anyway. Yeah, seat uh, me anyway. Jennifer Garner says that to the hostess. The hostess says that to Jennifer Garner. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, or s- something like that. You guys get the premise. I may not I'm be. I'm a little confused. That's my, why my, I was asking for clarification. I know. My facts are not that great. It sounds like... Jennifer Garner and Ricky show up to the restaurant mm-hmm. and the hostess is a really attractive woman. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer says to the very attractive woman that she wants to be seated. And she knows that like, say it again. Yeah. So I think it's actually the other way around now that you're oh, talking about okay. it. So, so Jennifer Garner's y- character is the hostess. No, Jennifer Garner's a super pretty girl and the oh. hostess is very insecure. Okay. Like, in just even talking to her. So everybody in okay. every moment of this movie expresses their insecurity. Mm. That's the whole premise. And I think it's so brilliant because there are so many areas we're so afraid to talk about how we feel because of so many limiting beliefs that we have. We're going to be judged. We're going to be talked about. Just so many things. And this movie just kind of gives this highlight of like, imagine you could really say what you feel all the time. Hide, how would that make you feel? Probably very uncomfortable and vulnerable uh-huh. a lot. Um, yeah, because so the premise of the movie basically is that in a world where no one can lie, the kinds of things that you would be saying to people would be very awkward kinds of things to say like oh wow you're really really pretty and I'm nervous in front of you and so having to go seat you at this table right now makes me feel kind of small. Yeah. Like no one would ever say that in real life. Totally. But in this movie, it was reversed. Like you had to tell the truth. Absolutely. Um, It was just, that was how society treated it. And I think it's coming up right now because we were talking about, I've been getting all these messages from the universe. I think I've talked about how they come to me as a web. (laughs) I get messages from the universe in a web. (laughs) It's just weird. Okay. Anyway, I think the rosé is kicking me. (laughs) Shout out to Flip Flop. Flip Flop Wines. We love you. Um, 
but I had listened to, I'm in this really weird season. Okay. Um, I don't know how y'all are, but I go through seasons where I'm like, I'm just in like voracious con- like consumption mode where I just want to read all the books and watch all the videos and go to all the talks and all the stuff. And then I go in other modes where I'm just like, I just want to share everything I'm learning and other modes where I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to learn anything right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got too much in my brain. Yeah, I just don't need to take anything in right then. I'm just in different seasons, you know? And so I've been in the season where I'm like really wanting to read all these books and I'm just like, then I'm just like finishing them in one hour and I'm like, oh, that was good. What's next? I'm hey, read another book. P.S. You guys, I am also the recipient of all of those conversations too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> lucky you. Lucky me. No, I am lucky. Oh boy. Okay, so you're in this season now where and you're into these books. Yes. And so, I mean, we're going to talk about this. Uh, you know, we interviewed Radha Agrawal. I read the Belong book. That uh, started freaking me. amazing, uh, y'all. Freaking you amazing. need to pick that up. There are pictures and colors in it. It is way not boring. It's so pretty. She did such a great job. And, and the interview was awesome. So thanks for tuning into that. But I mean, um, that kind of got me started on this whole like tip around community and connection and looking at how I I personally was raised and socialized toward independence and individual individualization and can you stop can you tell me what what that means for you because I think a lot of our 18 listeners maybe like half of them were probably raised to be independent too and I think it'd be a nice kind of like if you can just snapshot that for us what that means well I think we talked about it a little bit but um You know, I think it's kind of an American value system and my parents, bless their hearts, I think they thought that their job as parents was to be able to raise us to be independent, self-sustaining individuals. And I appreciate that as I am that. Yeah, totally. But I think that societally speaking, we've overemphasized the need for individuality and independence to the point that we now have an epidemic of loneliness in our country. Mm. And that's what inspired Radha to, to write her book, Belong. And I think in reading that and really coming to a reckoning with that, that that's true. And I see that in my own life and in so many other people around me. Um, the universe just decided to send me webs of messages as it does. And so then I came across um, Elizabeth Gilbert did a talk with Marie Forleo, um, who I love both of those women. And it was about her book, uh, Great Big Magic, Mm -hmm. is what it's called. Big Magic. Big Magic, yeah, which I've listened to a few. I haven't actually read the book (laughs) straight up. I've not read the book, Big Magic. I haven't. But I've listened to a couple of different podcasts and interviews with her talking about it. Um, and that's good enough. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Cliff notes. Hello. I got cliff notes. So cliff notes. I got I cliff notes. I love cliff notes. But uh, so that, and then I had listened to a talk by Esther Perel. Um, it was a, a TED talk she did this year in 2018. Um, that was amazing. That was just all about how we don't have the skill sets of communication that we require in order to manifest and create the kind of relationships that we now desire. Mm. in the modern times. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I heard this talk between, again, Marie Forleo, um, I like her, P.S., <laughs> talking with Brene Brown, who's got a new book coming out called Dare to Lead. And um, it's amazing. She, Brene Brown is a groundbreaking social scientist and someone that I think has brought forth data-backed research and information around the habits that we have as humans right now that are keeping us apart from each other. 
I love that. Yeah. And so it's just interesting how invention of lying is like, that would be what it would be like if it was the opposite. And it was almost like a utopian society, right? Yeah. People like, we're just happy. Yeah, because you know what happens is you're not questioning and wondering. How many of you guys have been in a relationship before where you shut down and you don't really speak and you don't really talk and then all of a sudden you like talk and then the other person's looking at you like, I had no idea that your brain thought so forward or was thinking all of those things about me or for me or to me. And you're like, I've done it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm raising my hand, guys. I'm like, um, that's me. I've done it. You're like, okay. Once or twice. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Hashtag not the best communicator in past relationships. Pointing yeah. finger at this girl. At myself. Yeah. yeah. So, so many this girl. Yeah. And it's crazy because I think that um, it's something that we all have a tendency to do. And I think we talked about this on one of our earlier episodes when we talked about sex and we were talking about you know, across all these different cultures and how people connect differently and, and treat sex differently and intimacy and all this stuff. And it's, it's one thing in the context of romance and romantic relationships, but it's another thing when you start looking at how that, that those habits of communication that we've developed that cause us to put up armor instead of leaning into the vulnerable moments are causing us to have these big like that armor is like these big walls of separation between us that impacts us in the workplace. It impacts our romantic relationships, family relationships, friendships, everything. Yeah. It, so, overall happiness and enjoyment in life. So it's like, how how do you become a better communicator in this day and age? You know, and and I ask myself that because I love, I, communicating is like my number one thing, especially with everything that we do. So for me, how I think I'm getting better at communicating and I ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. I am a super question asker. If you're in front of me, I guarantee you will spit out eight questions and half of them nobody has probably ever asked you before. Totally. I can vouch for that. I've seen it happen. So what my strength in communicating is my curiosity. Mm -hmm. When I look at you, I don't see anything in front of me is besides a bright light. And I just want to be a mirror for that bright light. So you may tell me something that may be like hurtful or whatever. All I do is kind of seek to understand where that comes from in your mind before mm -hmm. I make a decision about it. Don't get me wrong. I still can go buck wild. It can get a little crazy. But if you tell me, no, this is what I was thinking in this regards, and I know your story, and I know my side of the story, and I didn't ask X, Y, and Z for their side of the story because it's between right. us, that is part of, I think that is part of one of the big magics of my life is being able to be so curious about your life in a way that doesn't make you feel less than because you made a decision that other people may not have thought is good. Yeah. And that was a big uh, trend that came across from all of these women that I just mentioned, Brene Brown, Elizabeth Gilbert, and Esther Perel, as well as Radha in her book, Belong. Um, they talked about shifting judgment into curiosity. Um, so, and, and same thing, uh, or defensiveness, even shifting from defensiveness into curiosity. So rather than going right into making an assumption or a judgment about the person or the situation, ask questions, even of yourself, start by asking, why did I jump to that, to that judgment just now? Um, or asking questions instead of getting defensive, like, you know, if someone says, hey, you've been a little bit like this lately, it's like, oh, okay, well, in what way? Can you can you give me a specific example? I'd like to understand that better, you know? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Just by shifting from that judgment and that defensiveness into curiosity, 
I think that in and of itself is a huge practice that we could all take in into account right away. And I think when you guys think about like when you're thinking, it's not about like going straight to being like, okay, I can communicate well. It's like, maybe just find one question that you're curious about that's a little bit different than your normal thinking pattern. And that may help you in different situations, I would say, in the curiosity space. Yeah. I think another thing that creates the invention of lying is the loneliness factor you mentioned earlier. Mm. Like that's such a big thing. And in all these books Heidi's reading, I'm starting to feel it of all these people in the world Especially, I'm Filipino, you guys, and I don't know if you know what Filipino culture is like. It is like family oneers over here, okay? Yeah. Like family oneers. Like we all get together for each other's birthdays. We cook. We see each other all the time, and we pretty much talk every day. That's just my Filipino family. So I come from community, but honestly, living here in America, it's not that easy. It's not as easy mm-hmm. to to have, and you have to foster that community, and you got to work for it. I know you, Hyde. You have a family here. Yeah. Right? And your family has become, family is friends that become family, P.S., in case y'all don't know. Um, Family. Yeah, especially when your family lives far in different Mm -hmm. states or different countries. Mm -hmm. You make that. But you are so good at, you know, keeping that connection with people. Like, how do you do it? Like, what, what do you feel? Why is that important for you? Well, I think it's important for everyone. I think everyone needs it. I think, um... I've just, sometimes I've just been lucky. <laughs> I've just like, <laughs> I've just like happened to have made good decisions at different times. But really, I just, there's certain people that I will meet where I just vibe with them. Like something about their energy and how I feel when I'm with them and their their vibe, their frequency, which is all stuff BS that Rada talks about in her book. If you guys still haven't read it, you need to get it. Um, but I think that there's just certain people where I'm like, this person is dope. And I just, I kind of mental note it. And because I was here sort of without a family when I moved here, I had to create that community for myself. And I did so somewhat intentionally um, with certain people. I just knew, like, I just really value them. And um, yeah, so I would reach out and initiate contact, (laughs) you know, around our shared interests. Yeah, but as you get older, because this is the excuse I get a lot when we, you know, communicate, well, I don't have time. You know, I have a family. I do this. I do that. I do that. And I'm like, well, if it's not that important, I think that community has become such a lower priority in people's lives. It has. But I also think that when people have children and husbands and wives and things like that, there's a recalibration that needs to happen for them in their community. Um, you know, I'm single, I have no children, so I haven't gone through this myself, but I've witnessed it many times and I, I, I'm empathetic to it. I understand their, their situation changes. And so they have to not have to, but in many ways, their whole schedule, their interests, their, what they want to do with their time is different. And so for me with, there's a friend of mine who goes through a life change like that. I don't expect them to keep hanging out with me the way they did before. I understand that in order to continue nurturing that connection and that that aspect of my community, we'll still have the shared interests. Like my my girl Jo, she has two kids now. Um, I don't see her as much as I used to, but when I do, we work out together. We'll go walking or hiking. We do something active, or I go visit her at her house with her kids. Yeah, it's just easier for her that way. 
And I don't mind that. I don't get offended about it. It's not about me. I don't, I think sometimes people get very like, well, now that she's got a man and blah, 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 she never hangs out. And it's like, bitch, get over it. Like, Yo, you go visit la- her. She's got a kid. Y'all ladies got to get she over that. For Deal sure. with it. When you think someone's not thinking about you, they got their own lives, P.S. Especially. That is some, I think that's a more of a girl thing, P.S. I feel like guys do not yeah, totally. go there in their minds. But see, this is one of the interesting things. And this came up with Brene Brown, who P.S. is probably probably the authority on human connection. I'm just going to say that. This woman is like leading research at colleges and has all these different colleges contributing to the research on her books. Like they do studies for decades before she publishes a book. Like this isn't just us (laughs) sitting here chit-chatting. Like Brene Brown is the real deal. Um, And she specifically said, you know, one of the biggest things that, that challenges us from being courageous and leaning into the vulnerability as leaders, as friends, as, you know, lovers, anything is the stories that we're carrying into it, mm. you know? Mm. And it's like you were talking about with the movie Invention of Lying. We're humans, okay? We're gonna make up stories. You can't stop your brain from doing that. It's how your mind functions. You have to kind of accept that. Just like you also have to accept that fear is real. It's never going to go away. You need to accept fear. Just don't let fear make the decisions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's in the it's in the car. It's on the road trip. This is this came from uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, and I loved it. She was like, "You got to get over thinking that, you know. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get over my fear. It's like no, that's never going to happen. Fear is on the road trip. It's in the car. It's in the back seat. But you can't let it be a backseat driver. You can't let it pick out the snacks. You can't let it pick out the music. It's just there. You just have to accept it. Be like, yeah, buddy, you can come on the ride because I know I can't get you out. Belt out and sing anytime you want. I really don't even want you to sing. No, like just sit in the back seat. We know you're there. Thank you very much. You serve a purpose. When we're about to veer off the road, you can you can speak up then Mm -hmm. and let me know. Mm -hmm. You know, absolutely, and I'll appreciate that. But like, it's the same thing with like our stories. You know, you kind of have to make peace with it, with the fact that you're gonna have stories you're bringing into things. And by accepting that, maybe you can also kind of take a little bit of their power away because you can understand that like, you know, hey, I'm coming into this. My story is that, you know, you feel this and that and blah, blah, blah. And that's why you're doing it. And then you actually create a space for a clearing where a person can say, oh, okay, I see why that's your story. But that's not the real, that's not my story, you know? Yeah. So let's talk about story because, Mm. um, so I was seeing a therapist earlier this year, right? And a therapist? Oh, are you okay? (laughs) Are you on medicine? Are you okay? Guys, therapy is okay. It's all right. Y'all, so I was seeing a dope ass therapist. She was dope. I'm sure she still is. And she definitely still is. (laughs) Um, Do you want to say her name? No, I do. Oh, is that a confidentiality? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Say it. Yeah, right. we won't say it right now. But um, if she, you want to know, email us and Rena will will secretly message you the information of her therapist. Love okay? that. So what she helped me walk through during my time with her was my historical storytelling. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm a historic storyteller, kind of like <laughs> Abraham Lincoln or You're Benjamin like Franklin. Pretty much exactly like Abraham Lincoln. Totally. It's so weird. It's like I can see the hat on top I of know. you right now. I was like what? Am I Honest, go- Rena. Honest, Rena. <laughs> So <laughs> she is pretty honest these days. That's guys. pretty She's good. Pretty honest. So what had happened was was I would tell a story and then she'd be all like, "Okay, where in your historical past is that really coming from?" Because it really has nothing to do with anything happening right now. And I was like, oh, "What do you mean?" 
And she made me reach. What did she mean? She made me reach through the corners of my mind and to the depth of my heart from where that story was coming from. And there are so many memories between the ages of zero and 12 I totally forgot about Mm. that has rewritten every story and every love story and every business story in my mind. So when someone, and I'm going to say it, especially in the relationship realm, because that's kind of my kryptonite or bin, and she would go historically in, historically not anymore but historically she would go in and be like really but what story did you make up when men would do that to you at five years old like what would you make that mean like they didn't love it and i was like oh my god yeah like literally i traversed the 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 messages of my mind and i realized that in creating these stories i couldn't create powerful ones because i was still living in the past and these old stories that you had made up as a little kid yeah who didn't know any better about every about money about my self-worth about my physical body about my ability to share love with somebody just mm-hmm. every area of life i'm like yeah. oh my gosh yeah yeah i had a i had a problem with my body because at Young age, someone called me a fatty bomb bomb. Mm. What a mean kid. And it was my family member. Aww. So that has stuck in my mind since I was really, really little. And the fatty bomb bomb is still here, but she's really a dope fatty bomb bomb. Yeah. So you can still call me fatty bomb bomb. <laughs> I do have a fatty bomb bomb. <laughs> so I've kind of recreated that story, for example, about being called a fatty bomb bomb. To just be like, dude, you have so much joy and energy. And yeah, you just ate a few too many pieces of bread some days because you were hungry and you didn't know boundaries of eating for your body. But it didn't mean anything else than that at that moment. Mm. He just saw someone on TV. This kid was six years old, okay? He probably saw someone on TV that got made fun of because they were fat. And or it was in a song and he just thought it sounded cool. Exactly. And I'm like, so I'm, I'm saying it literally could have been meant as a compliment and you made up a story that it meant something else. How crazy is that? Yeah. It's, but that's people do that all the time. And we do it in every circumstance. We do it at work. We do it in romantic relationships. We do it with our sisters, our mothers, our oh. fathers, our our business partners, you know, it's perpetual. It's like, that's why I'm saying you kind of have to accept that that's a thing we're doing is we're making up stories all the time. The human mind is translating and interpreting everything we see and filtering it according to our historical data, which P.S. you can't undo history, but you can change your stories about things. Mm -hmm. You can't change them though if you don't accept them and you don't face them. Absolutely. You have to accept them and face them first. I realized like I have a lot of stories, man, when, as it relates to connection and vulnerability. And I always viewed vulnerability as weakness. And I had this mentality that like, why would I want to show somebody my weak spot so they can like stab right into that? Mm. You know, like it really just seemed like such not common sense to ever show anybody that. Do you know what I mean? So much. And I don't think I'm necessarily unique in having adopted or been taught those kinds of paradigms. Amen to that. So now it's kind of like we're, we're realizing and we're learning thanks to, you know, the study of so many great doctors and scientists like Brene Brown um, and Esther Perel that the epidemic in our society, the most dangerous epidemic in our society now is loneliness. Mm. It's a bigger problem than obesity now. And it's literally killing us. It really is. It's literally killing it's us. It's self-killing, like a really like deprecating way of going. Mm-hmm. Beyonce had a song called Scared of Lonely. 
Mm. One of my favorite Beyonce Are you songs. Sing it for us? No, it's too. It's <laughs> it's really high. No, it's too low. My oh. my my alt. My I could so- probably sing the low ones. Yeah, my soprano is too good for that. Um, but like, this is why I love you. Yeah, you know, ma- hey major. <laughs> but special shout out to Beyonce because that song rang in my ear for probably two years after I got divorced. Mm. That was my biggest fear of being scared. I really scared don't of remember that song right now at all. Yeah, I need to hear like part of it. It's pretty. So good. Um. Swinging and my arms are getting tired. Ooh, okay. Mm. Y'all just just get it on your Apple Music or yeah. Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Google Play. <laughs> or Google Play, the worst, the worst. Why are we hating on Google Play? Let's not hate on them. People just make fun of me. I love it. Hey, I pay the nine ninety nine. They can't. This is a slight aside, but you know they canceled and killed Google Plus recently, so like it's dead. Not that anyone cares. So noticed. all my sweet playlists on Google Play will probably be killed soon too. <laughs> no, Google Play hasn't been killed. They okay. won't kill that. There's Thank too you. much money there for Good. that. Good. Um, but going back to where we were, we were talking about human beings and how we're strange mammals because. We literally cannot survive without our parent when we're born. Seriously. A lot of babies, baby animals can be born and then kind of figure it out really quickly. Human babies, like if you left even a nine-month-old human baby, it would die. Mm -hmm. It would not be able to figure out how to feed itself. Totally. And I think it goes into a couple of years of age before they really could survive without another human helping them. How old was Tarzan? Well, I don't know, but... (laughs) But he had animals. <laughs> First of all, it's fictional. Secondly, um, nope, just Tarzan saying. is real. I'm just saying. Secondly, he had animals help him. He would not have survived by himself, though. He still had a community. Do you see what I'm saying? So yeah. Like, even if it's an animal community, it's still a community. Hey, I'm here for it. So humans we literally cannot survive without it. Um, and I think the thing that's creating our biggest problem is we don't know how to talk. We don't know how to talk to each other. We don't know how to talk about our feelings. We don't know how to talk about our boundaries. We don't know how to talk about our stories. We don't even know how to own our stories in the first place. Most of us. Seriously, if y'all are out there and you keep getting butt hurt by other people, I'm going to say a lot of it is your own historical story. If you find yourself being butt hurt and or offended on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. you might have a problem. Yeah. You might have some stories that aren't serving you. You might need to go see my therapist. I'm <laughs> just saying. It's some historical data. Right? Because look, <laughs> the old me, the before invention of lying, Rena, may have not told you that I went to a therapist, mm-hmm. may have not cried to you and read you a freaking letter that I read to my ex-husband, may have done a lot of shit. But you know what? I think through my own vulnerability, I am just setting myself freaking free. Yeah. Seriously, I think that's what it's about. I, it's not for you guys. I'm not doing this for for like anything for you guys to like respond or anything. I'm doing it so that my heart can be set free so I don't have to be afraid to say what I feel, mm-hmm. knowing that it's coming from such a high vibration of love and that you receive it in that way. That's my dream. And this podcast is done. Thank you for coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, this podcast is brought to you by May May Jewelry. Um, one of our businesses. <laughs> can, 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 but can we talk to you about Maymay real quick? 
Um, I mean, because they can't say no because they're listening to a podcast. Obviously. And Sorry, guys. I, I just want to <laughs> let you guys know that this whole conversation about being t- able to communicate your feelings, I created May May because I was emotionally constipated. Mm-hmm. And I did not know how to express my feelings to everybody in my life. To anybody. And I created a necklace called Forgive because first and foremost, I needed to forgive myself. So I wore the shit out of that. And you know who else did? Hundreds of other people. We have mm-hmm. no idea why. And I think it's just because of the energy. So we've literally created a jewelry line to reflect every feeling on the spectrum, but also on the flip side of that, to know that you're freaking dope and perfectly imperfect exactly where you are, right? And life is about growing and getting into a new stage and a new phase. And we just happen to have pieces that are every piece in your life right now. And, you know, I created this jewelry company out of a place of really, really just wanting to give y'all like to be able to feel at an affordable freaking price point PS because Mm -hmm. stuff is made with some real gold under $50. No, boo boo. No, you ain't getting that in a lot of places. Okay. I'm an inner city school kid and I know what it's like to grow up with just enough money to buy just the perfect amount of sneakers. So I just want you to buy that perfect bracelet that makes you feel like you are enough. Well, let me just say this. It's not about it being perfect. Because Mamie is not about perfection. It's about accepting you exactly where you are. And I think that's one of the big things that we collectively all need to move away from. There is no perfect, okay? Um, We're not perfect. No bracelet is perfect. Um, But you can let it be perfect for you. And you can have gratitude for it. And shifting that mindset of an even need for perfection into just being grateful for whatever it actually is is a great place to start in moving those armor, those walls down a little bit more. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Because we're not trying to be perfect. Mamie's not trying to be perfect. No, Mamie is definitely not, not perfect. She knows she's not trying to be perfect and she doesn't need you to be either. So um, thank you for being your perfectly imperfect self. Boom. Um, thank you, Rena May for being my um, perfectly imperfect co-host. Hey, thank you for sharing flip-flop wines with me today because um, this was kind of delicious. Cheers to you guys. And cheers. Cheers. We're doing a cheers, guys. Everyone's, cheers. even Timmy T's cheering. And we just want to challenge you to own your stories, look at them, and tell somebody about them and lean into the vulnerability with your curiosity. Mm. Go ask some more questions when you start feeling judgmental. See what happens. Mm. Yes, I love it. We love you. Thank you for tuning in to We Think Collective. Rough. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.